Well, last night sucked. There's no way around around saying that. Did the Coyotes have any future in Arizona moving forward? What are their options? How quickly do they need to make a move? We'll discuss on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked on Coyotes. I'm your host, Robin Leonia. That's Matthew Jacobson right beside me. We want to thank everyone for making the show your first listen every day. We are free and available on our platforms and now on the SiriusXM radio app. We're going to discuss today about the Coyotes' next steps moving forward after the uh, resounding no vote that uh, we heard Last night, you guys heard, saw our instant reactions. If you followed our live show, uh, it you know, and we tried to stay positive, Matt. Right? We're trying to stay as positive as we can, but at this time, it very well seems that like the you know the hopes are pretty bleak right now. It's very realistic, and uh, I, I forget the individual covers St. Louis who came out today and said that internally the front runner is Salt Lake City, which I, I agree with a friend of mine who's a fellow YouTuber that said Salt Lake really wouldn't support an NHL franchise. But if, if the NHL really was that desperate, sure. Although I kind of feel like, you know, logically that would just be, hey, this guy has the liquid cash where the interest and liquid cash might not be quite what I wanted in Houston. So they're just trying to get that set up if need be. Um, my original three to six month timeline, and I gave my logical reasons as to why, because yes, there are two years left on the deal, but the, the only reason that the Coyotes are allowed to play in mullet, and we said it from the beginning on my separate channel, I'm sure on your guys' show, and we all agree on this, it was because they were working on Tempe, they were working on that big NHL level building, and even then the NHLPA weren't happy about it, it was just fine, get this over with. If that is no longer the case, you're not playing that last year. Now, it depends on how quickly things move, whether or not they're going to be playing the second year at Mullet. Uh, but considering the fact that it was reported on a different show last night per Craig Morgan, that a representative of the Salt River Indian community literally asked him after the no vote was given, the, the result was there, if that means that the talks would spark back up between the Coyotes and the Salt River Indian community, that tells me, yeah, we all knew this. That was their main backup. And then, of course, you could always call Matt Ishbia. I know I did have my fair share of adding him all last night on Twitter. Uh, not like that's going to do any make any difference. But that tells me you only really have two options. Carl made a great point yesterday that even though there is still a chance another city would still have interest, the resounding no could essentially curtail that interest or make it to where they don't really want to, which is why I brought up a all private sale, not dealing with the city, but even then you'd still have to have some form of, of dealing with the, the city. So that probably would take too long at this point. It realistically is Salt River Indian community. Uh, one of the other couple of plots of land that are also owned by different tribes in the state of Arizona 
going over to the Phoenix Suns, getting Matt Ishbia to be like, yeah, we'll take you in. Uh, I have my little conspiracy theory about working at Desert Diamond Arena. They still have their hockey stuff. So I don't think that's going to happen, but you always got to acknowledge it. Or if none of this is at least in a place where it's ready to be finalized within 90 days, three months, we, we've kind of adjusted that timeline uh, because there hasn't really been a, any comments from Marullo. There haven't been any uh, really any updates on anything minus it'll be a couple of weeks, you know, as we're looking at our options, 90 days really is that max. We have three months to either have it ready or they might not even get year two at the mullet. Yeah, no, that, that is a very, real, very real possibility. And I think that's why we have these 90 days to really figure out what what's next. Um, and it's, you have, you have to take a look at, that the fact that you know based on the statements that were made it made us question whether or not there was that plan in place mm-hmm. and uh, and you and you mentioned it you know the the salt river indian community being a possibility um because i know people were asking the question i mean just arizona sports fans in general were asking the question hey can the diamondbacks move to right next to the uh, talking stick uh talking stick resort um, I mean, what's stopping the Coyotes from doing from trying to do the same thing? Um, that you can make it. I mean, you can make something out of it, uh, and uh, it's that's a that is a possibility. But they'd have to move yesterday. Um, same, and, and I think the same thing can be said with, like, like you said, dealing with the Phoenix Suns. They have to, you know, edge out a deal within the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, yeah. you are right. 90 days or this team is out of Arizona. Yeah. And, and I'm sure in the, in the next segment, we'll touch on what it means for hockey in the Valley as a whole, but these next 90 days are crucial. And I just, I, I slept like an hour last night. I, I won't lie to you. Um, but like, I'm just disappointed. Re- realistically, with the reports coming out that it was two million for Tempe first versus two hundred and fifty k, like I still stand by the executives going door to door. People are like, oh, that's pathetic. That means yeah, they're no, worried. That- I still stand by. That's just grassroots, you know, trying to show that you want to be there. It, sure, in hindsight, could there have been some uh, pep in their step, a little bit of pressure on them? I guess, but I still don't. I still don't buy that fully. But that being said, they took a massive loss and I don't even care about the last little bits of ballots that drop. I think they're going to drop this morning. It doesn't matter. You know what annoys me about that in the sense that we're, of the information we came out regarding that, you know, the 250K versus 2 million, the, the no campaign was pouting about essentially this being a David versus Goliath situation. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we only spent like 35,000 and he spent close to a million it ended up being the opposite. Like, what? It, like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and it's unions. I think it was the plumbers union donated all his money for because they couldn't secure the contracts for construction of the TED. And now, like, and and I'm going to keep my personal feelings of the concepts of unions out of this. But they literally just wasted. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of union dues and union workers' money just to not get work. Like, like I know they weren't going to get it anyway, but like they like 
Steve Peters was saying yesterday on a rival show is what do you get out of it? Like it literally, like he didn't focus too much on this aspect, but to me, I'm just perturbed because you literally wasted people's wages. You wasted people's money to get literally nothing done. Like if the Ted doesn't go through because the voters don't want it fine. Like I already said, I accept it. All right. I, I put some criticism out there on Twitter, but I do not blame Tempe specifically because that was their will. Whether yeah. it was misguided or not, that's on them. And whether it was going to be consequences later by uh, uh, former Mayor Giuliano was talking about how uh, taxes are probably going to be raised down the line because that would have been a pretty good way to generate more tax revenue. But you know what? That's not our problem. It's not our business. Mm-hmm. Tempe residents can, can line the bed they made. It's just I am beyond upset that that a union was involved in literally wasting money to not get something done like that a show of strength trying to get their name out there for future builds that may or may not happen like what do they gain and it baffles me because of the unlikelihood that that even now gets taken care of Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and, I, and I'm looking at actually, like, as I'm looking on, uh, on a, my tweet deck stream, a tweet that was actually put out by Steve Peters, uh, an hour before we were recording this episode, he said, essentially, here are some of the notes that were essentially that, that, that were voted on no new jobs, no added tax revenue, no free toxic dump cleanup, no new destination tourism, no NHL all-star game, no outdoor game, no park, no housing, but yes, to a dump. Yeah, it baffles me. Like, it, look, we'll, we'll get more into it in the next segment, but it's just it. It absolutely baffles me, the short sightedness and the people that are cheering when it's like, oh, it would have been mostly minimum wage jobs. No, because for even hotels, my wife works at a hotel, uh, also has an internship somewhere else. But at a hotel, the, you have management, you have maintenance, you have other jobs that get paid above minimum wage. Uh, you have IT for different things, including management to run the theater and the practice facility and the main arena. Like as someone who works at Mullet, all right, I make a pretty gosh darn good wage just being a part-time guy that fixes seats. Like this part-time helping hand, essentially. All right, my boss, that not even just my boss, the full timer in my department. I know he makes good money. My boss makes good money. The people up above make good money and this is a college arena that does not get that many events all right it is literally the community rank makes more money all right i don't even need the numbers in front of me to know the community rank generates more money than the main building itself and those people are still higher paid jobs you cannot tell me they all would have been minimum wage if you want to bet five thousand sure i'm not going to argue but you can't say all of them or they're like it wasn't worth it like no you cost people potentially really good paying jobs. Absolutely. I'm going to have a little bit of response to that too. Um, kind of like uh, on a uh, quick se- quick segue after that. But I do want to take a quick break so we can hear from our sponsors on the show. And we'll let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your activewear? Introducing Bird Dogs, the game changer in athletic shorts. Picture this. Premium shorts. Designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. Bird Dogs are here to revolutionize your workout routine with the uniquely built-in liner. These shorts offer the ultimate support and flexibility, ensuring you stay comfortable even during the most intense workouts. 
And here's the best part. Bird dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough to take you from the gym to the street without skipping a beat. Designed with pockets that actually work, bird dogs give you ample space to store your essentials while you're on the move. Bird dogs are made of premium, breathable fabric that keeps you cool and dry throughout your activities. Perfect for the trails, the gym, or simply just lounging around. Bird dogs are the shorts that you've been searching for. Order your pair of bird dogs today and join thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter the promo code LockedOnNHL to get a free custom bird dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Bird dogs, where style meets comfort and performance meets perfection. Get yours now and unleash your true potential. I want to kind of go go off what you just said, uh, Matthew, about you know the you know, the pay of the job of the jobs there that would that would have been on that site too. So I think you said what the average, like they said, the average wage, the average salary of the jobs that are going to be there will be like I think if 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 not at six digits, just south of six uh, of of six digits, you know, six, six figures. So like we're talking a hundred thousand dollars here. And as someone who hasn't even made 30k in a year, yeah, no, I, I just, I'm frustrated because, like, because one of the arguments is also, oh, well, people like me, I'm a far west valley kid, I travel for for work, I like, oh, so many, are we going to be going all the Tempians? Well, first off, you guys are closer, you guys would have first dibs on on applying for the jobs yourselves, but also, it's not even just about that. It's about that now. I, when my wife doesn't pack me lunch, go to Waterburger down the road. I go to Panda Express or, or have something in DoorDash or whatever, paying local sales taxes. Oh, I want to fill up gas. Well, I guess I'll just do it here. Go up to QT or in the morning if I'm grabbing, you know, a, a sugar-free energy drink and, and something, you know, to snack on. Oh, that's all money generated in Tempe from a West Valley kid. The amount of money I spend in the West Valley is not as much as you would probably think, minus like trading card stuff, like stupid hobby stuff. So it's like that's all money that – because I work out there, you would have more people that worked out there, more people that were in Tempe that had jobs, more housing. One argument was, oh, we don't need more luxury housing. But if you already have a housing shortage, meaning the demand is right here and the supply is down here, whether it's low income, you know, more neutral stuff or luxury housing, the more you increase supply, the price will come down. Now, the immediate area within the TED no, those are going to be pretty expensive luxury stuff. Plus, you're now taking away from a dump. So cheaper rents right there would go up. But then the areas not around that would then see a bit of a, of a decline rent like you see in other places. More likely. You would likely see something like that. I'm not an economist. I'm just speaking logically and, and seeing how trends work. Because people would want to be where the nicer stuff is, where the brand new shiny building is. So it'd be a little cheaper over here. Plus, the Coyotes would have had millions a year in affordable housing. Plus this plus that all the stuff that you now don't get because it's I, i'm tired of the different ranges i've seen so i'm just gonna stick with the 50 million that means you now want 50 million dollars of taxpayer money to remediate the land right to then deal with a lawsuit from the the sky harbor which technically the lawsuit is still active because they still could go through and prevent future residential on that land which would then mean you'd be remediating for nothing because you wouldn't even get your affordable housing. If you put a park there, you're not going to generate anything. And if you want to argue, oh, like uh, my dad used to work in the East Valley, this one like big super park that had you know little concerts and sports and whatnot. It's like, oh, you could do one of those. Okay, it was it's a massive money sink 
it, I, I think they're going out of business, already going under, and um, that's all going to be operated and owned by you guys unless another developer comes in and the other developer, nobody wants to remediate the land. There's been an option on it since what? And, even, and even, even if you do, that, you know, now it's on the taxpayers. Now mm-hmm. the taxpayers will be paying for the remediation of the land. And I think, yeah, it was 50 million for the land sale to sell to the coyotes if they want, you know, if, if it went through, but over $200 million to remediate the land. I, I saw way too many variables. I saw on the Tempe official website, it was like 72 million. There was a 50 it was like million 72 here, million like... up front. It was like 50 million and then 72 million up front to remediate. And then the rest taken care of. I, there was a lot of different finances things. don't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're all just big numbers and big talking points. But then again, we also saw like the, the number, the value of the tax breaks went all the way from 770 million down to as low as 197, depending on who you were talking to, because it's literally just however you fluff them up to, to make your side sound more compelling. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. Like you're, you're still at a net loss on this land. They're not going to like, they're not going to do anything with it because they don't have that liquid cash. And again, if those taxes end up getting hyped because they need to generate more income, more revenue, and then more people end up getting displaced or more people can't afford this or that or have to make drastic cuts, that's on you, all right? Like they, they showed the, the demographics and I was talking to you before the show yesterday. When you see you know, the, the spikes in people showing up, they're usually angry. And then the 65 to, to whatever or, or 60 and up, was really ridiculously high. I think it was like the highest percentage of turnout. And they showed a clip of one guy. Oh yeah, I, I would never go there. And I don't want my tax dollars going to that. Literally showing he didn't understand how it worked because your tax dollars weren't going to it unless right. you went there. Like it, it, And then one argument was, oh, well, one side was calling all of us idiots because you are. Like, if you could not fundamentally understand the concept of this deal based off the bullet point breakdown that Tempe themselves posted, forget Tempe wins, all right? That's a biased source. While it's mostly accurate, don't care. That is a biased source. I'm talking about the primary source, the one I focus my coverage on, I threw the links around for, that primary document, even it explained how it worked. And if you are still confused, that is on you. It's also on the Coyotes for not getting out earlier, for not spending the extra money. It, you know what? It should have been David versus Goliath. They should have spent $50 million. It should have been basically bought and paid for, like muscling their way in there. Because you cannot tell me a bunch, uh, frankly, a bunch of idiots that do either do not know how it works or blatantly just misinformed everyone because they had a personal vendetta and a bunch of conflicts of interest convinced the majority of the voters to say this is a bad deal and these are our tax dollars when they weren't and yeah. i it's it's dumb it is and i've dumb. seen i've seen like some people complain about you know like you know they was really listening to the no campaign they were they were complaining about uh hey you know because you know this billionaire is going to get tax breaks on, uh, and not going to have to pay uh, property tax on on this massive piece of land, then my property tax is going to go up. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. It's it's not. And if anything, if land value goes up, you can actually justify getting property tax to be lowered a little bit because you'd have similar revenues. And also uh, property tax being lowered for the individual citizens with their single family homes is a good thing 
in every way, shape, and form, and they weren't property tax exempt. It was swapped out for a leasing tax. I know you know that. I'm just talking about anyone that doesn't. Like yeah. it's just you I mean, don't know the, how it works. That's what the that's what G stands for. If you don't know, if you don't um, know what it stands for, it was like government property lease excise excise tax. And people try to make it out like, oh, Tempe owns land. No, the coyotes own the land. The coyotes buy the land. They then swap out property tax for a leasing tax. So it's like they're not paying regular property tax. It's, oh, how, how does that make sense? Because it's a lower rate. It is a tax break. You're still paying taxes. You still have money going towards schools. And that's, oh, you would have had. Sorry, you, you lost out on that because you don't know basic economics 101. Yeah, they lost but, out on it, that. They lost out on, on those jobs, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, you know, potentially you're going to be losing out on a massive, on a, on a huge hockey community here in Arizona. We're going to talk and we're going to talk about that as well in just a bit. But first, a quick word from our sponsors on the show. There we go. We got that eBay Motors money right now. So. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guarantee Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back guarantee. Because just like in sports, Confidence in the name. Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's <clears throat> it's easy to bring home a win when you got the right parts. When the right parts are guaranteed, get the right parts, get the right fit, the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride uh, eBay fit. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Motors. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other impacts, Matthew. About you know what's you no know, what's potentially going to come next. Um, Sun Devils, like like just just because I know I know we want to do the hockey aspect, but remember ASU wanted the men's and women's basketball to be played at. That arena, and while it felt and weird even if to it me, wasn't every game, let's yeah. say it was men's and women's basketball versus Arizona versus mm-hmm. UCLA versus the you know big rivalry schools, like though that would have easily had what twenty like in hockey would have held sixteen to eighteen thousand, in basketball would have held easily twenty thousand. And everyone would have been that, no doubt about it. <laughs> so it's like. And my personal, th- like, it felt weird to me because oh, you're giving up all this control, having your own arena. But then I'm like, well, you could just play for the at the Coyotes Arena temporarily, redo Desert Financial at your own leisure, and then have move back in over. Or you could have put a different school campus on there. You could have done this, could have done that. Now it's just people, for whatever reason, forget. I know because they're ran like businesses, and 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 to an extent, they're predatory like businesses. State colleges are state financed. State owned. All these buildings in Tempe are state owned. <laughs> they cost you. This wouldn't have. It's just, it's so weird to me. So you lose out on that with ASU. You lose out. Uh, ASU hockey will still be there. All right. You will still have junior Sun Devils. But what the Coyotes have done for growing the game, 
with the the different leagues, with the Kachinas, with all the, the different aspects they are trying to do, the legacy the LGBT of community shot. involved in hockey, every single thing they've done, how much of that gets eroded? How much of that loses financing, loses support? Like Junior Sun Devils will be fine. Certain leagues will be fine. But will we start seeing that massive shrinking? And will some of the things that, that were – like the Kachinas that were really – pushed forward to try to help grow the game, how much are those going to suffer? Yeah, because that yeah, because the Kachinas, the the uh the junior coyotes, um, you know, the mites, the little fries, you know, whatever program you want to see that's that's being, you know, propped up by coyotes hockey development, the coyotes leave, that's gone. Like, how do they keep money? I mean, maybe just maybe you can they you can try to lump it under ASU, but ASU only has so much money to kind of try to prop up hockey. Mm-hmm. So how do they? So what happens? I'm in. I play. I I played. I played in three leagues this year, two of which had a massive relationship with the Coyotes. Like what happens to those leagues? Am I going to not be able to play? You know, play. You know. The sport I love. What happens to Tucson? Tucson happens, is owned by the Coyotes. What happens to Tucson? That's a good question. The Tucson Junior Roadrunners. I I did an interview some while back when I was still in college um, about the uh, before it was this is like let's say my my like my freshman sophomore year before the Roadrunners were even really built there. You know before they were established. There was what they were called the Arizona Wildcats Youth Hockey Association. And it was a little bit big. It kind of had like maybe about, you know, 50 kids. I do the same interview two, three years later after the Roadrunners were there. They said it like from the last interview, it increased about fivefold or tenfold. Like, it was already so big. And because they have such limited ice, they didn't know how to, they had to turn kids away. The Roadrunners were huge on building community hockey in Tucson. The Coyotes were huge on building community hockey here in Arizona. That's why we do the Grow the Game series here. And, you know, I'm still hoping to get other guests of the Grow the Game series, you know, up until, you know, up until it's all over. We know who knows when that's happened, when 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 that's going to happen. But I still firmly believe the Grow the Game series here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast will be a uh, you know a, a huge eye opener for a lot of people. But that really tells you something. Yeah, and I saw one theory. Oh, we'll just move the the Roadrunners up to Phoenix, and we can still have our minor league team. It's not how that works. It, you're not going to sell the AHL team separately. You also have the weird thing going on with the Chicago Wolves. Nobody wants to, to have just affiliations. They want to own their AHL clubs. The Coyotes were kind of forward thinking in doing that. If they move to Salt Lake, optimistically, they go up to Prescott Valley and be the the new Ari- like Northern Arizona whatever is because that's closer than Tucson or Phoenix. But it would probably be it's going somewhere in in Utah. It probably like, you either kick out the Utah Grizzlies and have their ECHL team move out, or you share a building with AHL and ECHL at the Maverick Center. Like yeah. that and, is more likely. I mean, yes, there is a possibility um, that you know the Roadrunners can either stay in Tucson or or move to Phoenix if the Coyotes move to say Salt Lake City. Um, only if you look at the precedent of 
oh, look, the Edmonton Oilers still have the Bakersfield Condors. But you take a look at what Calgary did with Stockton. The Stockton Heat was, they were in, they were there for a while. Um, I believe, yeah, the Stock, Stockton had a hockey team for decades. And all of a sudden, Calgary bought the Stockton Heat completely outright and says, you know what? We want to move them in with us in Calgary so we don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. I mean, yeah, of course, you get, like I said, Oilers and Condors aside. That's what's happening. The Utica Comet, the first iteration, the earlier iteration of that, the Vancouver Canucks completely out, you know, you know, they bought the Utica Comet outright, brought them to Abbotsford, British Columbia, become the Abbotsford Canucks. Then the Albany Devils moved to Utica to become Utica again. But that's what's happening. Literally, if the Coyotes leave, hockey dies in Arizona. You will still have a, a very niche, very niche ASU hockey. Um, we did finally get U of A club hockey. I don't know if they'll ever get enough support to go NCAA, but it's like you have something there to keep there. a little bit of a youth you know, movement going down there, but it is so limited because – Typically, club hockey teams are just their player finance. So it's hey, I guess it's a slight bonus if you want to come here. You can also play hockey while you're studying. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because that's an interesting thought. Because the uh, temp- Tucson is building the mosaic uh, mosaic quarter. They have the mm-hmm. new iceplex that's good, that's being built down there, hoping to open within the next two years. Uh, I now start to wonder. If, you know, I, I mean, like, yes, it's probably mostly going to, it's more, it's going to be strictly for U of A, but if Tucson up and leaves, then what's the point? It, it, yeah, it was, it's literally just there to because throw they the had game. To get their own place. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, I'm sure we can, we can continue the, the what ifs in, in tomorrow's show, but it, every single aspect you look at this, if the Coyotes fall, everything but ASU NCAA is either going to fall or up in the air where it could be potentially pointless or that's where it's going to be stuck or the development for, let's say, the club team for, for uh, the Wildcats ends up, let's say they would have gone, had a potential to jump NCAA in five years. Now it could take 15. Like It could just ruin all the timelines. And uh, what what is the point? Because – if every other aspect of hockey is gone, what is the actual point? Minus ASU has Mullet Arena, and they're going to have this iceplex down here for U of A. I think it's 3,000 seats or 3,500, whatever it is. Like, And then U of A has that. Other than that, what is the point? I mean, other than the rivalry, yeah, other than yeah, the college rivalry, there is, I just can't think how it ends up working here otherwise. Like, and I, and it sucks to say that because, you know, I'm a hockey fan at heart. I grew up a massive hockey fan. Um, and I know, like, you know, like, and everyone knows that. You know, a kid from San Jose, California originally. Like, you know, I grew up with, San, with, with the San Jose Sharks. Then I moved here. I followed the Roadrunners. I did all this stuff. Like, hockey has been a part of my life forever. And to say that, there are kids here who, you know, that's what they know. There's so, like... Hockey is a, just ingrained in your lives. 
here's another one. Here's another thought. I'm gonna hold and go ahead and you know maybe get ready to close close the thought off because we are getting uh, close on time here. Take a look at the talent that that was on the Toronto that's on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews and Matthew Nice. You can kiss goodbye to any potential talent coming out of Arizona in the future like that. 99% of it, yeah. You'll have a couple diamonds in the rough, but what the statistical likelihood of another Matthews just isn't there. It just it just isn't if the team leaves. Cuz cuz you know, what, what you know, yeah, what kind of um, program will be there to support that? That that player would end up, you know, like, oh, yeah, sure. There could be, like, a player that's pretty good. Maybe it was, like, junior Sun Devils. They looked like, oh, this might be a prodigy. They get scouted by, let's say, some team in the NAL or the USHL. And they move over there, and then they get – and that's literally their entire career. But they're, they're no longer Scottsdale kids. They're just no, the nomads. They're all around. They just travel. Mm-hmm. That's it. Any final thoughts you want to get at before you close things off? Uh, Alex Morello, you better do something quick. All right. Every second you're not commenting. And I hope I, you, you better make me eat my words on this. I'm losing respect for you. Every second there isn't a, we're doing a press conference here to update or like every second you're not doing that. I kind of just want you to sell the team, rip the bandaid off, just go ahead and move them. So I don't have to sit there in this limbo again, because I was there for the bankruptcy. I I was there for all the uncertainty. I'm kind of sick of it. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things off on today's episode of the locked on coyotes podcast. If you did like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review to like comment, subscribe. If you have yet to already, we are available everywhere. You get your podcasts, including on YouTube and as well as now on the SiriusXM radio app. So we get to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Matt Jacobson is at the AZ Sports Guy. Interested to interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back, or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.